Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. We're back. We're back. Number 81. There you go. You know, last time we talked about having sponsors, and I said we'd never have them. We're still not. (laughs) Mind you, we taped the last one 20 minutes ago, so (laughs) don't let him fool you. Yeah, that was last week. Uh, No, so today, uh, this was actually a talk uh, that Dr. Bell gave with uh, one of our friends. Did you you literally just call me Dr. Bell? The thing I tell nobody to call me. Dr. Heather. Dr. Heather. Or just Heather. uh, Heather's good, too. I didn't get to go because I was in New York. He was on vacation. So it's actually, I'll be honest, this is the first time I'm telling him this, you guys. So when you hear things crashing, he's throwing things at me. So please call help. Um, I was really glad it was Aaron because Aaron used to go out into our communities and do these community talks and talk to the social workers and talk to the people at the schools. So I think she was actually more impactful than myself. So what am I like? Way more, she's way more impactful than you when you're talking communities and schools. <laughs> you're too old and outdated. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. We'll go with that just because it makes you feel good. But today we so, are talking about the seven C's of the model of resilience. So and if anybody's resilient, well. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Clearly not you. Well, I thought it was me. No. So anyway, this talk that we did was in this amazing, Rice County, Minnesota. I have to go there because they have this amazing community and this amazing program and all this awesome stuff to help youth and youth that are high risk, youth that have used to, and then within the schools to try to help prevent youth from using substances. So anyway, we did this talk there about how do you talk to people who are high risk and how do you talk to people who are using, because Mm. that's what we do on the daily. But anyway, and you don't think I could have done that. Well, you could have, oh. but we came across this, this really cool thing. That's, you know, this building resilience of seven C's. Basically it reminds me of the conversation I had with everybody's favorite Susan Bolio. We are going to be doing a podcast with her sometime, sometime soon. soon. She's like one of our favorite oh, she's people amazing. in the world. But I had a conversation with her once, like how do you build resilience in your kids? Cause she's got young kids like I do without having them to have to go through something god-awful. Like, my mom died in high school. Like, you know, she, she grew up in a, in a biracial home with a, a white parent and a, a Native American parent. And, like, how do you build that resilience without having your kids have to have such adversity? And it's a hard topic. So mm. this article really kind of speaks to that. How do you build resilience in your kids? Mm. And this was actually first published by the American Academy of Pediatrics and. 2006, so it's been around a while. It's been around a while, but I I've had probably never given heard talks on this and I can't even remember. Right. So I'm going to kind of like, we I'm going to skip like this beginning part because, you no, know, there's like a lead in oh. that says, you know, your kids, you don't need to have bubble wrap around them. Like they have to actually have things. This isn't really like magical. You need to actually love your kids. I had you, uh, sons who were hemophiliac, so we did have bubble wrap around them. Long story, but. Touche. You want to have a high expectations, just not like demanding and things. I don't know. And the resilience doesn't mean that they're not vulnerable. You want to like make it look like it's okay to still be vulnerable. You just want to have them know how to survive adversity, basically. So that's where the seven C's model came from. Yeah. So. And the C's are all interrelated. 
Got to form are. that net of resilience building. I okay. Like that. How do you like that? that do you want to talk good? about the first one? I think you're Confidence? good for the first one. Not because you're overly confident, but because I feel like you have adult children now, and I've seen you parent. I'm getting very kind here, and your son is going to be listening to this, but... I've seen you parent, and you have great kids, and so I think you well, know. they're a bit annoying at times, but they're pretty good kids. But they I think, can't they can't help it; they got that from you. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think having confidence, confidence, and being able to believe in what in yourself is really you know very important. Uh, understanding that you're gonna, you know, that you you believe you're gonna succeed. I think that's such a big thing is knowing that when you attempt something, that you're gonna do well. Right. And I think and it's, it's hard to, I think it's, it's hard because people fail. And if I, I think that's the one thing really that's so difficult nowadays is that parents don't want their kid to fail. And I think sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, you have to have some failure. Well, and I think having some failure kind of leads to them wanting to work harder, but then I think it's also important to, it's, it kind of reminds me of my oldest who his love language is words of appreciation. So like the confidence, like building that in them, like, great job but you know like you worked but emphasizing that they worked hard in that and that they know that if they work hard they can do it so it's building that confidence well and i think so much of it is you know when when things have not gone well for one of my children it's like it's not about it's not about talking about the failure but it's about talking about what did you learn right right what did you learn from this you know what what things can we take away from this so that the next time things will go better right and i i think that's often hard i think when people have a bad day and something doesn't go well, you, you got to regroup and, and do it differently, right? It's that don't keep doing things the same way if it doesn't work. Right. Okay, the next one is competence. I, <laughs> this, wow. this, this, this word, this is a hard topic for me because I think being competent to me is very common sense, but not everybody feels that way. And I, I just love this because in this, in this article, it talks about having like, you need to have a skill set. Um, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody, but you need to be able to function. So like if we're talking about, you know, organizational strategy, timekeeping strategies, Kurt is not competent in that. <laughs> but oh. as a whole, he's a competent person because <laughs> yeah. he is able to contribute and yeah, and I make think, choices that can contribute. I th- yeah, and I think it's really important that you don't make all the decisions for your kids. You you say to them, you know, what do you think? You know, what what are your choices? Which ones are better? Why would you choose that? Um, because so much of it is is learning about their ability to kind of manage uh, what what they've got going on, whether that's school or sports or time management, uh, and and dealing with their peers. And so you have to be competent as a communicator. You have to be competent in a lot of different ways. I, I think about that a lot. Cause you know, I've, I've again, watched you parent and it's, it's the thing of the quote of let me do that for you versus basically tells the kid, I don't think you can do that for yourself. You know, yeah, the other day we were wrapping me. presents and my kids wanted to curl the ribbon. And I was like, it took like a painful 10 minutes until Kylie curled like five inches and it was just like, mm. but yeah. now she can do it. So now she's competent at the task because I let her try. And so it's the little things that eventually lead to the big things. And if you never let them have that experience with the little things like curling ribbon, who knows what's going to happen when they're adults and facing harder challenges. Yeah. I think it's, it's about letting them do it. You know, don't do it for them. And it's, 
it's so much about, and I think about this often, kids don't want to hear a lecture, right? <laughs> they don't want that. Uh, you, you tell, if they ask you for, you know, I was, I was like, well, do you want me to tell you what I think? And if you don't, great. You know, it's your pick. That never works though for me with mm-hmm. you because I'm not your child, but <laughs> I wish I could be sometimes. I didn't have to listen to your opinion. Yeah. Anyway, next C. Character. No, no, you forgot connection. Oh, connection. You're Human s- connection. <laughs> you were like trying to skip that one on purpose. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not a hugger. Uh, no, connection. So I think it, it's really important to, 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 you know, people need to make connections. You know, it's funny because even if you look at during COVID, it's the connections that you've made previously that are helping you survive through this time, I think. Right. Um, everybody wants to be a part of a group. Sadly, there's some groups that are less... Uh, healthy. Healthy. <laughs> but But I think people need a group. They need people that they can relate to that they think like. Well, and if you're not connected to your children or your family unit doesn't have that connection, you know, your kids are going to find that connection elsewhere. And so it's really kind of building these relationships for the good and the bad times. Yeah. And and really it's that, you know, it's that connection that you get with your children that, you know, it's kind of based on knowing, you know, who they really are. And it's that, you know, that, you know, we're that protective force, right? That's what we're supposed to do. But again, we don't do everything for them, but um, you have to let them make their own connections and uh, develop those. But again, how much of that's modeling? Right. They and see how I mean, we act. I think what you just said, it kind of blends into the next sea of character, you know, knowing who each child is and kind of building that, you know, nobody is the same, but character again, the next C is, what is that child's kind of strengths and what makes them them and how do they act when nobody is watching? The whole thing is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think how? it's funny because one of the big things when my kids were growing up was manners. And I think that that's uh, that builds character, right? You, you learn how to act among people and uh, how to be respectful and, uh, you know, having those kind of core values. And I think, you know, that as a parent, the best thing is when your kids go to someplace else and your kids come home and the other parent is like, oh, your kid was so helpful and they had the greatest manners. And you're like, all right. Yeah. Whew, they can do it when I'm not watching. Yeah. They don't do it at home, but they do it when it when it matters. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. And I think that that's really important. Um, all right. The next C. Contribution. People want to matter, not just young people. Everybody wants to matter. Right. And it doesn't have to be huge things. It doesn't have to be you going onto the food shelf, although you would have a lot of great contribution to see how other people live and that you're able to give your gifts. But even little things like sometimes chores can be tied to this. You are contributing to the household and it goes back to the whole appreciation of that and building that confidence. And yeah, people, yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh-oh. Just yesterday, and, and I think about contribution and character when I put these two things together. One of my sons picked me up at the airport, and there was everybody trying to sneak into our lane. And my son let him let about three cars go in front of us. And he says to me, I bet I made that guy's day. <laughs> and it was like, and it was really like one of those moments where I thought, wow, 
you know, that was really, really cool. He, he made a difference, right? He, 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 he wanted to make a difference in somebody else's life and let them in. And they, they, everybody waved and smiled and, uh, it really was, it was, uh, you know, it was really a a nice moment. Well, and I think, yeah, that's cool. That'd be like a proud dad moment. It was a proud dad moment. But Uh, it's, you know, when you, it's that, it's, it's the that joy, joy of, of giving. giving. Yeah, it's the joy of giving. Jinx. Or, now you can't talk until I say your name oh, three times God. if you're my kid. No, just kidding. Um, But yeah, it's good when your kid can find joy in that rather than always being the me, 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 me. Yeah. So Helping I thought others. that was a moment. And so, you know, everybody wants to make a little bit of a difference. They want to improve people, other people's lives. And when they do it and they feel joy as well, I think that's so important. Right. So. All right. Coping. Oh, I'm losing my, <laughs> my mind. Favorite. Yeah, I don't cope well. Uh, so stress. We all have stress. It's part of life. And obviously people have different ways of handling it. But Is there a coping, way to make it not part of life? Because that would be good. No. So what coping is, is finding ways to minimize the discomfort. And so what do you do when you are under stress? I mean, do you find healthy ways of handling it? Coping in ways that are more productive or do you tend to cope in ways that are quick fixes that can long-term lead to negative outcomes? So, you know, and I think we talk about this a lot with our patients, but. Well, and it's that whole thing of telling people what not to do. Right. Right. So it's like, if your kid's doing something wrong, you don't, it's probably best not to say, don't do that. You say, why don't you do this? Well, right. Like my kids, right. you know, they fight or they'll hit each other. Okay. They fight? <laughs> They called like 25 times in the last hour. But, you know, if one of them hits them, okay, you know, don't hit your sister is not as impactful as, okay, what happened? Okay, I'll hit my brother. Well, what would be a better way of handling that situation? Um, Meaning what would be a better way of coping with the frustration of whatever your sister did to deserve you thinking she deserved to be hit? Um, It's I like that, like letting your kids think about it. Yeah, and I think that um, part of that is, you know, when not telling them, you know, so many people get angry when their kids are doing something wrong. And I think that one of the things I always tell parents, too, is never lose your cool, right? I mean, your kids are doing something wrong. Stay calm. Uh, they don't want to see you all upset. And and give them another option. Would this be a better way of doing that? And, well, and again, that's that modeling thing. Yep. You know, if you're screaming at them or you come home and you're like, oh, stressful day, where's my beer or my whatever? That's how they're learning by watching that versus I need a moment. I need to take a bath. I need a journal. I need to go for a walk. I need just a moment to myself. Like those are healthier options. Yeah. So it's important just to help, help young people make better kind of wiser, healthier kind of choices. And I think, uh, you know, there's lots of ways to do that, but I think modeling is such a thing. It's always... Staying calm, making a choice that's uh, that's healthier and better and quieter and not not yelling. I, you know. Okay. Well, you're going into the next one. The last C is control. This I, goes. Every, I mean, I think you just. I'm always in control. Put that whole staying calm and be under the whole control thing. And this is exactly the modeling. You know, the whole quote: "You'll do what I say because I said so." <laughs> yeah. Yep. I may have heard that in my life. But this uh, is where you are you give, even toddlers, you give them choices. Do you want water or do you want milk? They have control over what they're going to consume. 
you want water, you want milk, you give them that ability to make the choice. And so as kids get older, obviously these choices get more, you know, impactful. And, you know, do you want to play sports or do you want to drink the alcohol at the party? Because you can't do both. You know, you could get busted drinking the alcohol. Now you're not doing your sport. And so it's knowing that you have the ultimate control over your outcomes and the choices. It's just in your own brain learning what's more important. I think often it's about, you know, when kids are doing something that maybe they shouldn't be doing, you give them the choice. Well, you can do this or you can do this. Which one seems like a better choice to you? Uh, This whole, yeah, that you do what I say because I told you so. It's like, you know, they have to say, well, if you keep doing this, what do you think is going to happen? I right. Mean, where, where's that going to go? You know, do you want to consider a couple other options? Would you like to go to your room or would you like to play more nicely? You know. Stop hitting your sister. Here's your choices. That's your choice. <laughs> here's your choices. You have choices. And um, I think that's important. Control. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so, you know, I think resilience obviously is one of those things that typically it takes something God awful happening to really build that resilience and build that ability to have, you know, I think Aaron and I were out, we were, we had this conversation on the way back from this conference and it's like, I do very well in chaos. Like the more chaotic, the more stressful life is, the more control I feel like I have because I know how to function in that environment. And because I've dealt with that for a long time. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> I wish you could all see my face right now. But, you know, how do you build that ability for people to be confident in their ability to handle these adverse situations? And yeah. I think in kids, you're wanting to build that. And it doesn't have to be catastrophe. It can just look at another C. It can just be learning these things even without something god awful happening. Yeah. You have to, you have to build it. And then they will come. Yes. (laughs) All right. Feel the dreams reference. All right. So if any of you want to reach out, ask us questions, communicate with us, give us advice, anything. I probably need some advice. Mm -hmm. Feel free to email us at the addiction connection podcast at Gmail. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. We won't see them. Okay. Well, you'll hear us next week. (laughs) Later. With battle legs.
me to make things right I've dug a hole too deep this time I just can't be, just can't be here tonight They say we were free back when we were young The days before all the work had begun The time we left and we drank and had fun But that's not how I remember that one No, that's not how I remember that one